Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting? Nothing at all! I'm Chris, that's Dan. And what are we talking about tonight, Dan? Well, guys, uh, this is not a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sad episode. It does have a heartwarming ending, but the during is fucking awful. Yeah, this <laughs> everyone, is the... every You want to be angry at every Simpsons character in an episode? This is the one. This is a very depressing episode. A very necessary but depressing episode. It is. Season 3, episode 19, first aired March 12th, 1992. It is Dog of Death. Ugh. Just the title alone is just... Dog's dead. Hey, the dog's dead. Grandpa, you shouldn't say that. Yeah, if you ever want to be really depressed watching The Simpsons, you, this is one of those episodes. So, uh, on a not-so-depressing note, if you go to ckccradio.com, go to podcast, and click Stupid Sexy Podcast, you will be taken to all 53 episodes linked for your convenience, so you can get right in there in case you've ever missed an episode and go right to the Podbean link. This is our 54th episode, but it will... uh it will be added to the list generally pretty quickly after the episode goes live. I've been doing pretty good keeping up on that. And if I'm not keeping up on it well, I have Dan here to slap me around and be like, he's going to pull a Danhausen and go, Akrith, you have not uploaded the proper episodes. I'm going to call you Davis anyway. <laughs> Davis? You uh, did not <coughs> upload. Did not upload. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I think I'll probably check every Friday, like, right, right before, right after we do your table, probably. Yes. Everything looks good. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. Prepare the blimp, Davis! <laughs> All right, stop being peppy. We need to be sad now. Yeah, we do. Dog of death. This episode. Yes. Uh, so, first off, Bart's writing on the chalkboard. I saw nothing unusual in the teacher's lounge. Have you ever been in the teacher's lounge? Uh, yes, I have been in, or I have seen the teacher's lounge at my high school. It was decently nice. Nothing, like, overly special, but it's basically just a glorified break room. Yep. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah, I was in there, because uh, in senior year, seniors, uh, one day late in the year, we would t volunteer to take over our favorite teacher's lessons for the day. Oh. And, we, and it was weird, because I was in technically a 11th grade math class but she was super excited about it because there was two of us who were seniors in her 11th grade math class and she was like you guys need to volunteer be me because i teach 11th grade math i never have seniors in my class <laughs> i never get to the senior day <laughs> so we did it <laughs> That's and awesome. then during lunch, we got to go through we got to go through behind the scenes boiler room stuff because there's like a secret freaking stairwell in there and shit. <laughs> and that's how the teachers sneak around from the bottom floor to the main floor. Uh, you had a two story lounge. I don't wonder. I don't know if we had that. No, not the lounge, but like because the teacher's room was in like the basement. The quote ah, basement. gotcha, gotcha. Basement, okay. Bottom floor thing. So we got up. And yeah, we we had lunch in the teachers' lounge. <laughs> Talked about tenure. <laughs> oh yeah, 
Good old tenure. Essentially, a teacher's lounge was like the size of maybe two classrooms. And there's, you know, a couple of couches and one big long table for them to have lunch at during their lunch break. Which is your lunch break, too. Which was my lunch break that time. Well, so they, they each have like the, the one period they don't actually have a class. So that's their lunch break. If you have like eight periods during the day, one you only teach seven classes. One of them you're not teaching at all. Yeah, maybe one of them you're doing a study hall. Basically. Yeah, basically. But well, we were in block scheduling. I wonder if they're still doing block scheduling at, at my school. I have no idea how schools work anymore. It's been so long. I don't remember. I just don't remember. So anyway, yeah, the couch gag. <laughs> yeah, the couch gag. Homer lounges on the couch, family sits on, and we've seen it. It's repeat stuff, but that's fine. So we're going to kick off the show with Lottery Fever. There's a $130 million jackpot on the line with a 1 in 380 million odd of actually winning the lottery. So, of course, as soon as Homer hears that, well, he hears what the pot is from Barney, parrots it back, and then Barney flips out, and the whole bar flips out. 130 million? 130 million? 130 million? So it's like, so he calls Bart immediately. Bart, I need some lucky numbers. When's your birthday? And how old are you? No kidding. <laughs> When's your sister's birthday? You don't know your own sister's birthday? What kind of brother are you? <laughs> They're all invading the Quickie Mart, and Apu has to make has to get Sanjay on the uh, the run to the bank. So he puts on the bulletproof vest. If something happens to me, please don't sleep with my wife if I die. I make no promises. And they checked out every single copy of the lottery in the library, even though it has nothing to do with winning the lottery. Yes, if you've read it, it's a short story <laughs> about uh, many years ago. They did a human sacrifice. This town did so that they could have good crops, and now. They're still doing it, but they're doing it through this lottery system where every year someone's name gets pulled and they get stoned to death by the rest of the people in town so they can have good crops. Well, that's the lottery. Hope the corn is worth it. All right, Hunger Games. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but as everybody's got the, the grip on the lottery fever, they reveal that the schools get a percentage of the lotto winnings. So, of course, Skinner's got these... Uh, <laughs> got these grand plans a state-of-the-art detention hall with children held in place with magnets always <laughs> with the magnets always with the magnets best part is it. the best part is bart and lisa actually have real plans bart's gonna put it in the bank and lisa's gonna give to the poor but homer homer gets a meme <laughs> because it's the one where he's uh he's the giant made of gold and yes. he take he takes over the power plant and then it's the one where he's covered in jewels laughing, and that's become a meme. So he's like, I got 50 tickets! Now, meanwhile, while all this is happening, with the newscast and everything, uh, we keep getting shots of Santa's little helper looking not so well. That's a key thing that's about to happen. So my favorite part about this is the first two lucky numbers are 17 and 3, which are two of the numbers I play every lottery. Oh, yeah. So I would have already been two numbers on the way there. Yep. 17 for the day I was born and three for Dale Earnhardt. 17. Oh! Well, you know, I heard if you get like five out of six right, you still get quite a bit of money. Okay. The next number is three. 
All 50 of his tickets are bad. Yes, but 17 and 3 would have been two of my numbers. I always, always, always pick those numbers. Because one of these days, they have to get drawn. Right? It's just one of the things. So, wait, we know North Carolina only got the lotto shortly after we moved here. And they went full bore with the gimmick. It's called the North Carolina Education Lottery. Oh, well, there you go. That it's supposed to be the gimmick of every lotto is that the proceeds go to local schools. But there's a handful of states that actually call it the education lottery. And we are one of them. <clears throat> I, all I know about the Pennsylvania lottery is that it benefits older Pennsylvanians every day. Because that's what every ad says. On the very first Tuesday, Tuesday. Apparently, a lot of the big lotto jackpots have been won by Pennsylvanians, so. Maybe the odds are in my favor. I don't know. Sorry, ass state. You only have one way to get out. Two ways to get out. Win the lotto, die. Exactly. As I, as I move to North Carolina. Hi, Dan. I'm your new neighbor. Oh. I diddly ho there. I diddly ho. So the winner is actually Kent Brockman. Who celebrates by getting a picture of him up there. Can we get a picture of me? And then he runs off the set. And as soon as he does, that's when Grandpa chimes in. Hey guys, the dog's dead. And they're like, Grandpa, he's not dead. He's still wagging his tail. Oh, sure. Blame the old guy. So yeah, the dog is very, very sick. So they bring him to the vet. As the vet is performing life life-saving paddles on the hamster, but hamster doesn't make it. This is the part of the job I hate most, and he literally throws it in the trash can with the basketball hoop. He examines Santa's little helper with a stethoscope and immediately determines that he's got a twisted stomach and it's going to be a $750 surgery to fix. So they're just like, well, we've got to go home and talk about it. And of course, it's like that sad moment with Bart where he's like, well, what's there to talk about? Why isn't he getting the surgery? Why are we leaving? Yes. The best is when they're on their way out and Krusty's got Mr. Teeny. He's like, he needs more nicotine patches. Because he became addicted to smoking because of Krusty. So, of course, Homer starts telling the kids about doggy heaven. And all the, the wonderful dogs that are there. Including the doggy hell in which dogs are there. Yes, yeah, is, is there a dog hell? Yeah, one of the lassies is there. The one that mauled Timmy. There's like eight lassies in doggy heaven, and there's one in doggy hell. But yes, because it's $750 and the family just doesn't have that to spend, because even though it doesn't seem like a lot of money, it actually is. It is the thing about being middle class is like, yeah, we have a relatively nice house. We don't have to worry about feeding ourselves. But a sudden $750 thing is like, yes, will fuck everything up. That's kind of where we are in our lives. Like, we live comfortably. We always have food. We have our shelter. The cats are taken care of. But, like, if the car breaks down, now it's like, well, fuck. So, well, and of course, the go-to, <laughs> well, you don't have so much beer. <laughs> this is when Bart's like, well, darn, darn it. He's like, Bart, watch your language. Oh, you did, actually. <laughs> So, of course, we have to, uh, we got to figure out what to do about this. And Santa's little helper plays the puppy dog eyes on Homer. 
So Homer goes to see if Mr. Burns will help him. Yeah. Uh, and this is a classic scene in The Simpsons. Because first you get the, uh, Mr. Burns, I need, I need some money. Oh, do go on. He starts going for security. I know you're a good man. Burns withdraws his finger. And I got a dog who's very sick. He starts tapping it incessantly. Now security drags him out. He gives the famous line because Smithers is like, people like dogs, Mr. Burns. Nonsense. Dogs are idiots. Think about it, Smithers. If I came up to you and started licking your face and sniffing at your crotch, what would you say? Um, if you did it, sir. Classic <laughs> Smithers moment. Homer is also reading a book on canine surgery that Marge immediately makes him put down because he's not doing the operation himself. But Marge thinks that they can afford the operation if they make some budget cuts. So, All right, this is like only a few episodes ago, the same kind of thing happened. Right. So did you notice the other meme that was in here, the Homer facepalm meme? <laughs> it's during the budget meeting. So he's got a cut on, on his beer. Marge is going to give up the weekly lottery ticket. Maggie's baby clothes have to last a little longer, which she immediately starts ripping. Bart has to get his hair cut at the barber college. And Lisa has to give up her weekly encyclopedia. And she's going to miss out on Copernicus. We're saying it's called back later. Oh, this is a great. Yeah, it's Copernicus to Elephantitis. The Encyclopedia Generica, which is really freaking funny. <clears throat> but they do successfully sit, get the dog the surgery. First, out comes the, the vet to inform Mr. Danielson that his Gamecock is alive but will never fight again. He's like, that's what you think. So Brian Danielson fights Gamecocks in case anybody wanted to know that. And while the surgery is going on, Santa's little helper starts to lose it. And he do, they do the moment where he sees heaven with the doggy door. But he's brought back when the vet actually performs CPR on him. Literally performs mouth-to-mouth -mouth on the dog. Mm -hmm. And he's already frisky. He runs out with his bandages all covered. So now it's time for all the sacrifices to catch up. By the way, as Kent Brockman reads the lottery numbers which Marge realizes would have been her numbers, and they would have at least won 40000 He reveals that he makes five hundred grand a year. Which yeah. is now that I'm a millionaire, you think you think I was like a 500000 a year job? Which is ridiculous, because five hundred grand is insane amount of money for a journalist. I don't know any journalists that make that much money. From what I understand, newscasters are actually grossly underpaid for what they have to deal with. Kind of like teachers. But sacrifices keep catching up. Because poor Santa's little helper just wants to play with the family. But Homer's having an issue with the cooking and the fact that he can't drink beer. You know, he's got to literally dance for a quarter. At most tavern. Mm -hmm. uh, of course... We already established that Marge is upset because none of her numbers made it. Lisa's reading this crappy Copernicus book that she found at the bus station. And Bart's haircut's all messed up because the barber college kid just basically buzzed half his head. So, that night, nobody... So, my fucking dog. Yeah. 
which it's like you feel so bad for the poor dog because they're just so mad at him, even though they were so desperate to save his life. Nobody closes the gate and the dog runs away. Yeah. Close the gate. You close the gate. You close the gate. It gets to Maggie wearing a potato sack. Not the last time a Simpson kid would wear a potato sack. <laughs> that's a that's a uh, a future callback. So one thing I do really like from this scene is the Santa's little helper travel montage, like basically where he goes. Like he travels down the river, he takes down a bear, he saves a baby from a fire, he chases a cat up a tree, and he just eats a bug and then coughs it up. But he gets picked up by the pound. And Mr. Burns becomes his new owner because he has to get a new dog. After all, he needs one of his original dogs is just coming on in years as he chases away Flanders. Did you also notice that Flanders had his assassins on? When he mentions, you got your running shoes on, Flanders is wearing assassins. Of course he is. I mean, that's a good callback though, isn't it? I also love that they can't find a good picture of Santa's little helper because either Homer is attacking him or he's attacking Homer in every photo. Yep. And the one they settle on is Homer going to attack him. And they still have the Skinner, have you seen my body signs up around town. I also love that Homer puts all the signs on one building, which then gets demolished. Because why would you put them all on the same building? Unless you're a dumb dumb. But we we got to turn Santa's Little Helper into a fearsome guard dog. And it's not working because Smithers dressed as a Girl Scout. He's all about that. And he's like, if this was a real, if this was a real person, I would have been bothered by now. So they do a clockwork orange montage where they strap him to a chair with his eyes held open and make him watch footage of dogs being abused and explosions. And now Santa's Little Helper... Is a perfect attack dog because he goes after Mr. Burns while Burns is just bopping him in the nose. And it's just like, God, Mr. Burns is fucking awful. Just terrible, terrible pet owner. He's not really a pet owner, though, right? Like, that's the thing. He's just, he's a horrible human being. He literally only has dogs to chase people away. Yep, or at least the hounds. Uh, Smither, uh, Mr. Burns, I hate to disturb you during your your life-longing exercises, but as a small boy, release the hounds. And this is the part where they're they're doing... Is this it? Where is it Homer puts them all up on the same building and the building gets destroyed? Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bart goes to Kent Brockman's house. He goes, oh, I get it. You want me to buy you a new dog? And then his butt... <laughs> His butler just shoes Bart away. Like, everybody wants something for me now that I have a million dollars. Dollars before, if you're making a half a million every year. Yeah, I would have bothered him for that. Dude's wearing the same suit and the same haircut he's had the entire time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, of course, uh, Santa's little helper goes right after Bart when the hounds get released. And Bart's like, come on, boy, don't you recognize me? I love you, boy. And we do the montage. Santa's little helper remembering Bart. Him, like, ready to go for the jugular. Oh, yeah. 
And then when all the guard dogs show up, Santa's little helper successfully scares all of them away. Stands up for his boy. The episode ends with the entire family happy to see the dog again, petting the crap out of him. I want to pet him again. You can pet the cat. What's the point? And then the, the final shot is the disclaimer. No dogs were harmed in the making of this episode. A cat got sick and someone shot a duck, but that was it. <laughs> Classic ending. Not a fun episode. A good emotional episode, but not a fun episode. But also very realistic. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, it's a very realistic episode because this is exactly the kind of thing that would take place if you were dealing with this kind of a situation, right? Like... With all the things you did to make sure the dog was okay, it all been really shitty. And you're upset about it, so you get angry at the dog. That's what happens. You get angry at people... You get angry at your sister the same way. I mean, it's not just because it's the dumb dog. Yeah, you just get angry. I mean, when my cat got really sick, I was mad about the money I had to put down to save her life, but I never got mad at the cat. Like, it was a struggle, but there was no way in hell I was going to let anything bad happen to my kitty, so. Sometimes you just got to go. It's, it's a shitty thing to go through, but it's a realistic thing. I do have some trivia, though. If you'd like to hear some trivia about Dog of Death. I'm we supposed. do, we do, of course, mention the Clockwork Orange parody. And they did play the Ninth Symphony, just like, just like they do in the scene. And the Assassins is the second piece of trivia. Which is, uh, of course, a good thing. I, I like callbacks like that. <clears throat> uh, Jim Reardon commented that this... One of the hardest feats with the episode was to make Santa's Little Helper not express any human expressions, as the staff preferred animals on the show to behave exactly the way they do in real life. They did a good job with that. Uh, the plot was based on an experience John Schwartzwelder had with his own dog that also suffered from bloat. However, unlike the events in the episode, Schwartzwelder's dog did not receive treatment because the operation was too expensive and the dog was too old. That's another thing that can be one of those unfortunate things, right? Is like, because I've had friends go through that too, where it's like, like one of my friend's dogs came down with cancer, but the dog was 13. So they're like, I'm not going to worry about it because, you know, the poor dog is, is already old. I'd rather than just be happy, not have to go through surgery. Just live life the way you want to live them. They do make a reference to John Schwartzwelder because one of the places where Santa's Little Helper goes to rescue the baby from the burning cabin is Schwartzwelder County. So they got that little joke in there. And there's some Michael Jackson controversies. The pet llama biting Ted Kennedy from Kent Brockman and Burns sleeping in the iron lung. Because those were things that Michael Jackson apparently did or actually did. Remember the Incredible Journey from 1963? Not. I know the remake that was in the 90s. Memba, Memba Homeward Bound, the Incredible Journey. Yep. Yes. <laughs> well, that is inspired for Santa's Little Helper's journey. 
And did you also notice the song that was playing was actually the piece taken from Peter and the Wolf? So a couple of references there. So yes, uh, Dog of Death. Final thoughts, Dan? Yeah, I should have said before. Um, not a fun episode. Not lighthearted. Not at all. But it comes together and has a good ending and a moral to the story. Yeah. It does. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's one of the things that'll happen is like you're upset that you had to go through it, but you still don't want you don't want the dog to run away. You don't want something to happen to the dog. So. It all works out in the end, which is good. All right. This Monday on Stupid Sexy Podcast, we're going to review a very classic season three episode, Colonel Homer. Hell yeah. We've talked a lot about how sometimes you get tired of the the Marge and Homer storylines, if they're unfaithful or not or whatever, but there have been a handful of episodes that are top-tier classic episodes. This is one of them, focusing on Homer and whether or not Homer's going to be faithful. Uh, This one and the Mindy Simmons episode really strike me as two of the best Homer and Marge relationship episodes that exist out there. Last Temptation of Homer. Coming coming up in, I believe that's a season five episode. I don't think that's next season, but but we're almost at the end of season three. In fact, with this Monday's episode, we'll actually be done in about three weeks. We'll be on season four. So we are almost there. Because there's only five episodes left to go. Colonel Homer, Black Widower, The Auto Show, Bart's Friend Falls in Love, and Brother Can You Spare Two Dimes. So we are in the final countdown of season three. Nice. Kind of stinks that last Friday we got to talk about Homer at the Bat, and this Friday we're talking about freaking Sam's little helper dying. <laughs> My, how things can change quickly. But Yep. But it's necessary. All right, well, that's going to wrap up tonight's episode. We'll see you guys back here Monday for Colonel Homer on another Stupid Sexy Podcast. It was like I'm podcasting? Nothing at all. <laughs>